Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by our good friend, Clint Janelle. Clint has managed a restoration company in Dallas since 2008. He grew up in the business, starting in the business back in 1993. He is now one of the top drying experts in the region and regularly teaches. He's also a co-founder of Job Docs, which evolved out of the restoration company as a way to effectively organize projects from anywhere, keeping track of documents, tasks, photos, enabled his business to provide updates to customers and adjusters in an easy-to-use format. We're going to talk about all that and more. Clint, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Seth. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great. Great to be here. Our pleasure. So let's go back in time a little bit. You got started in the business in 1993, but obviously you don't look that old. I believe, tell me, <laughs> I, I believe you were crawling around uh, yeah. basements and attics when you were a kid. I was, in fact, crawling around basements and attics when I was a kid. Um, I was, my father had a plumbing, uh, heating, air conditioning company that he started. My grandfather actually started in 1943. Uh, so I grew up you know, five years old, I'm crawling under houses, repiping houses, cleaning out sewer lines and all the things that probably get people arrested at this point for having a child do. But that's what I was doing. That's what I grew up uh, understanding, dig digging ditches and, you know, being told to jump into a truck and go to the supply house when I was too young to drive and go pick things up. And it just was what the world was at the time. So absolutely. Now, I, I appreciate the compliment that I look too young to be able to do that. But I mean, there's a lot of gray hair there, dude. So <laughs> I definitely look old enough to have been doing that since 93. So yeah, so then uh, in 1993, I was graduating high school. Um, so I'm coming up on 30 years out of school here in a couple of months. But the reality was I jumped into the restoration space by way of mold remediation work at the time. I was a mold investigator recognized by the Texas Department of Health. And that was around the big time of, you know, the whole black mold scare and Aaron Brockovich and all the things that were associated with mold in uh, the restoration space, primarily because the restoration space was not doing a good job of drying structures. So <clears throat> they were leaving things wet. And as a result of leaving things wet, we had mold. And that's how really how I kind of got started in the space was that initial jump. And then talk a little bit about the journey to how you evolved into Mr. Restore. Yeah. So um, it's been an interesting ride. Um, so the restoration space, I mean, the the mold inspection space was really interesting for a while because a lot of insurance companies decided to pull out of the state of Texas. They were going to cover mold anymore. 
And really, it was all just a play to get where they could actually bill for and charge for insurance premiums associated with mold specifically, which is what they did. But it was very difficult in that space to actually get paid for the work that I was doing, which was uh, mold inspections and writing remediation plans to hand to restoration companies, companies very similar to Mr. Restore. So it became a really difficult time to, to navigate that. And there was a lot of confusion about what really needed to be done. And restoration companies were taking and putting uh, air scrubbers on projects and starting demo and leaving projects running for six and seven months with really nothing happening. And it just became a crazy nightmare of billing for insurance companies. So at some level, I don't blame insurance companies for trying to figure out, hey, wait a minute, something's not right here. We need to fix it. Um, so in that space, I decided, look, I like I don't want to continue doing this. I don't want to continue down this path. And I started looking for and playing around with other things to do, uh, became a, a regional guy with uh, Aflac for a little while. And it was fine, but it wasn't really kind of my wheelhouse of just, you know, going around and promoting insurance. And so um, I moved to the DFW market and started flipping some houses and doing some other things in the market that was pretty great, uh, which resulted in 2008 crash in the economy. And the economy was pretty nasty. And I lost my tail uh, in regard to um, the amount of assets that I was holding and or managing that the market was then bankrupt as a result of the 2008 crash. So it was an interesting time, lost a lot right then, uh, got to the point where one, you know, I, I, my oldest actually just turned 15 on Saturday. So he was born March 25th of 2008. Uh, and around that time, so now I've got a brand new child in 2008 when the market has crashed and have lost almost everything. And at one point I remember going, okay, I have one asset left that I can sell. And I think I had a hundred dollars in the safe. And that was really all I had left. So it's an interesting time to be going, okay, wait a minute, like, what do I do? Brand new kid, pretty stressful, uh, <clears throat> was able to sell one of the assets that we had that like kind of carried us for a little while and was able to get in a position where I was looking for opportunities to grow and do new things. Fortunately, Hurricane Ike hit Galveston in 2008. I understood the restoration space and that's how I jumped back into the restoration space was I went to Galveston and I helped. And fortunately, if you help first, in a lot of those cases, there's opportunities to make money, the money will follow. And I was very fortunate to be able to do that and was able to start uh, Mr. Restore as a result of the hurricane that hit Galveston in 2008. And that's how the restoration company actually got kicked off. So, and I know the, there's a longer version of that story that could probably be in a book somewhere if it isn't already. Bless you. Now, uh, your oldest is 15, mine is 16. Um, I, I can relate to new child in 2007 and left the Fortune 500 company to start my own firm in October of 2007. And wife oh. had quit her job to be a stay-at-home mom in 2007, um, wow. all at the same time. So interesting is an understatement. Now, talk a little bit. I mean, Mr. Restore has grown a lot in the last 15 years. Talk a little about that, sure. and then we'll and then we'll go over to how Job Docs was born. Yeah. So, Mr. Restore is a full-service fire and water restoration company serving the Dallas-Fort Worth market. Uh, we have an office at Amarillo, Texas as well, which is the center of the Panhandle of Texas and one in Norman, Oklahoma, which is just south of Oklahoma City. So we have those three offices now that are running. At one point, we had a San Antonio office, but it was difficult to manage and navigate. And just it was a, that's a different, interesting market for us to try to work in. And so we, we have not kept that one open. Uh, just financially didn't make sense to do. But, you know, yeah, at one point, it was really just me um, trying to go secure jobs, write the Xactimate, which is the estimating tool that most of the restoration space uses uh, for the jobs that needed to be done, produce the job, build the job, communicate with the client, 
navigate dealing with the insurance company and getting uh, money collected in that environment. Uh, it was an interesting, interesting time, right? I had been in, in Dallas for about four and a half, five years and made some really great connections with some people prior to starting Mr. Restore in 2008. And so I had some relationships that were, you know, affording me opportunities to be able to secure some work. Uh, and some of those were good, but uh, I didn't really know fully what I was doing in terms of, you know, making sure I was billing appropriately for the work that we were doing or knowing how to capture all of it and looking for all the little nuances in the restoration space to say, hey, we're doing this right, we're doing it well, and we're capturing uh, the billing that's appropriate for that. <laughs> so uh, we grew, you know, we got to the point where we're doing, you know, 50, 60 jobs a year, and then a couple of hundred jobs a year, and then several hundred jobs a year and growing to where we're, and we're hitting, you know, you know, high, high seven, low eight figure numbers um, at times. Uh, and some cases even doing seven figures in a month, which is interesting. And at that point, um, it became a situation where I knew that I didn't have the ability to manage all of this in my head anymore. I couldn't keep stuff. I couldn't keep juggling all the balls. So I'm like trying to navigate juggling all these balls and understanding where I was and meetings that I was trying to have with my team to know, hey, where are we out on this project? Do we need to call for a second draw on this project? Do we need to reach out to the adjuster? What do we need to do about trying to collect the depreciation? And it became this convoluted mess of keeping me up all the time, trying to navigate where we were um, on projects and as a restoration company to make sure we were going to be able to stay open. You don't, you can do all the work you want and you can do a spectacular job of that. But if you don't do the, the minutia part and the billing part and the collection part, you're never going to survive as a company. And so I realized pretty quickly that we needed to have something that would help solve some of that for us. And so that's what we set out to do is we set out to uh, and that's, you asked the question about where did job docs come from? And that's really where it came from is there was a need that we had to be able to centralize communication with our clients. Um, I'm going to adjust this just a second. So we had a need as Mr. Restore to centralize communication with our clients so we could communicate from one place to our clients and our team about what was going on. We could have all of it centered in one place so we could find it if it was communicated and it wasn't so one person was emailing someone and we needed to know what that email was and God forbid something happened to them or with them in the company and we didn't have access to that information anymore then we didn't know what was going on in a project. We wanted to be able to uh, you know, capture photo documentation in one place and, and get work authorization signed and all the parts and pieces now that exist inside project management tools, we had to set out to create that uh, because we wanted to provide a better, better level of service to our clients and that was the goal create something that allows us to do this better and make sure we're tracking and, and accommodating the things that we need to accommodate in the job. Because I can tell you, Seth, there were times that we were probably, we were probably skipping $200,000 a year in revenue that we had actually completed that we weren't getting billed for just because it was slipping through the cracks. And so that's why we said, look, like we've got to do something. If we don't do this, like we can spend this kind of money and actually create a project management tool that's going to prevent us from doing that and, and be net neutral. And if it helps us even more, then we'll be in a better position. And that was, you know, the reason Jobbox was created. So I love that you made the mess the message and you created something that you needed to solve a problem. And then obviously it's evolved into since you had that problem thousands of other folks in your industry have had that problem and have taken advantage of what job docs has to offer and then of course um it now the process applies in other lines of work besides just restoration can you talk a little bit about how job docs has evolved over the years 
yeah, you talk about a crazy situation. Like initially we had a developer that had come in that was primarily a web developer, knew how to create a website. And there were some things that we knew we needed. Like we wanted to be able to communicate with the client. We wanted to be able to, you know, load some photos and make a couple of journal notes here and there. But that was pretty much kind of the extent of what we had. It was preventing us from being able to have to call the client on a regular basis to update them about what was happening. So you create this 30 second journal note and they get an email communication the next morning of what was happening. Plus, you could have their work authorizations and documents that you had loaded into the system. So you'd be able to see those and reference those. And if, you know, I got a work authorization signed, I could get it captured in the field. And then you, if you were in the project management system, could see where it was, you know, from jump. And you didn't, I didn't have to bring it back and get it loaded and all that sort of thing. Then it evolved into, well, we wanted to be able to job cost what we were doing on projects. So we need to be able to load receipts into a budget of some kind. So if I went and got fuel and I was job costing it to that job, I'd want to be able to load a receipt. Loading photos, uh, time card tools. Um, then one of the things that really kind of happened was, okay, well, I need to be able to do more with the same amount of people that I have instead of hiring new people. Because what we saw in a lot of project management systems were you had to hire a project management person to manage the project management system, to update what was going on, to check it and see what was happening and see who you needed to reach out to and who you needed to contact. And that didn't make a ton of sense to me. So we created automated tools. The automated tools allowed the project management solution to trigger the next step. If if step A happens, what's the next step? Is it based on time? Is it based on an action? Is it based on loading a document? And then those processes could follow a path that made sense in regard to what we were doing. And so we grew up that way. And then we added integrations with other things like QuickBooks so that you could you know, have a tool to manage the financial side of your business. Uh, and, and we just continue to kind of evolve that way. And what we've learned too is like, I don't run Mr. Restore the way a lot of other restoration companies run their business. So we didn't want to pigeonhole somebody into, hey, this is best practices and this is the way it should happen. And this is what you have to do. Because the reality is I don't know what I don't know. And so I wanted to be able to create a tool that allowed others to do things differently and customize them and have a different process flow and different automated tools if they needed to do that. So we did that. And so we've just continued to evolve that way. And, you know, one of the things you've said is like, as we've allowed other restoration companies to utilize job docs, that's put us in a position where we've learned things from them. So new tools have been developed strictly based off of other companies going, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if we could do whatever the, the comment was. And we were like, that is kind of cool. It, and so if it made sense for one person we didn't necessarily do it, right? It needed to be something that made sense for others. But if it, if we felt like this makes sense for a lot of people, we would jump all over it and we would build out that next new feature that allowed valuable um, response to others. And, and that's what we did. And so we've just kind of grown that way and continue to grow that way. And new features coming out all the time and uh, growth in terms of you know new companies jumping on board and being users of the software. And, and that's only in the restoration space, really. We haven't really ventured out much. We've got couple of plumbing companies, a couple of electrical companies, but we haven't really jumped out into other verticals to utilize job docs uh, until just recently we've started kind of that process of, hey, how do we begin to market to them? How do we go to their trade shows? And so we're actively pursuing some of that right now. I would, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I love that it's evolving and improving constantly. And I think it probably does um, expand into other home service verticals company industries and companies that do that manage pro that would manage projects in a similar way sure and really anybody that needs to document what they're doing on a project um and projects that take 
an extended period of time, right? Restoration projects on average take three, four or five days just to dry a structure and you document what's happening in that. And then it takes an extended period of time to get collected. So I don't know that job docs is the right fit for every vertical that exists. Uh, if somebody, you know, is just going in one day and they do one little thing and they invoice for it on the spot, you might be able to document what you're doing uh, and have some traction for that, but it may not be the right tool because the automated business process tools are what make it pretty valuable. But, you know, our joke is, you know, if you're hanging Christmas lights or you're a wedding planner, you probably could still use job docs as a tool to help you keep things on track. And that's, so now we're starting to push other verticals and see what happens. That is really exciting. You have a successful restoration business, multiple locations, lots of trucks on the road, lots of employees, lots of moving parts. You know, have a software as a service company that is expanding rapidly. Um, in addition to the fact that um, you are, you know, married with three kids, how do you balance it all? How do you juggle it? <laughs> Not well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so no, it's um. I'm really fortunate in a lot of cases, right? It, because the restoration space runs really pretty well, uh, primarily at this point now because of the fact that we have job locks in place to help do that. So I don't have to have this massive team and a lot of things going on in order for us to continue to, to work relatively well. Um, you are aware, but your listeners aren't aware that I spent a significant amount of time in ICU from COVID uh, in 21. And crazy enough, like things just kind of moved. Now we, we had a dip, right? For sure. Cause I turned a bunch of stuff off. Once I realized I was hospitalized and it was looking bad, I turned off a lot of opportunities for projects because I didn't want the team getting buried and stressed and trying to figure it. It was like, okay, whatever comes in, whatever we address, we'll, we'll move forward with what we have. We'll continue to have the phones ring at some level and we'll pick that stuff up. And they managed that and they managed the projects well and everything moved forward well. Uh, on the software side, I've got a really good team that does the development and does the customer support and those sorts of things. So it frees me up now um, as a business person. I do some work in the business, but a whole lot less than I used to. I spend a lot more time now working on the business instead of just in the business, being able to do things like this, right? To be on this podcast with you and uh, navigate some other marketing opportunities and learning about, you know, What's ChatGBT doing and how's that going to affect the restoration space? And like, I get to spend some time doing that uh, instead of spending as much time slinging fans or sucking up water or any of that kind of stuff. And so that works well. My my family is crazy busy. It's ridiculous, the activities that they're involved in. My wife does that really well. Um, and they're also aware of what our life is like. So they know that I may go to a hockey tournament and be with my son in Boston at a hockey tournament. And I'm going to have to answer the phone, right? I, I'm going to do most of my work from the phone and from the computer and do some things while we're there, but they're accustomed to that. And they're, they're fine with the reality of where things are because it affords us the opportunity to be together a lot. Uh, even if I'm having to work on things and to do some other stuff. Right. So um, we've got a, a really great life. You know, uh, I'm very fortunate that things have gone really well for us and uh, we're able to do some things that, other people don't have the opportunity to do. But again, that's part of the things that I work on. And you know me, like what, like the goal is to try to help people and try to help move people along in the same direction that affords them the chance to kind of have the same success and us stomp out the problems that they're going to have because we've experienced them already and figure out where we're at. And I mean, that's really a lot of what I'm passionate about. How did designing job docs and building a 
project management on steroids software program changed the way you thought about your business? Oh, it's it's crazy, right? So the reality is, is as an entrepreneur, I rail against rules, right? Like I don't want to follow the rules. That's the reason I'm an entrepreneur. I don't want to follow processes. I don't want to follow the corporate scenario of you got to have these things in place in order to do stuff. But the reality is I've realized they're not all those things are bad, right? Some of those that you see in the corporate space are stupid and they have really ignorant backgrounds behind them. But a lot of rules exist because they're necessary to move things forward efficiently and effectively and consistently, right? Like McDonald's, I wouldn't say has the best hamburger in the market. However, they have consistent, repeatable processes that allow them to be successful 70 or 80 places, maybe more in the Metroplex and, you know, thousands of other locations across the world. So what we, what I realized in building this software was this is going to help me solve these problems that I'm struggling with as a result of not wanting to have rules, not wanting to have meetings, not wanting to have to follow up with my team on a regular, because I don't like to micromanage either. I want to allow people autonomy to do their things, but I still have to know where they're at because I got to know what, what am I responsible for? So it's, it's really eye-opening when you start building something like this to understand one, what you need, two, how stupid you were doing things, three, when you build the software to do things a certain way, how stupid that was, and you have to shell it and do it all over again. Cause it was like, that seemed like a really great idea, Seth. And that was really dumb. Why did we do that? So it's been insanely eye-opening in terms of running a business, both a restoration business and a software business to be able to go, okay, we need to rethink that. Uh, and we have to be willing to rethink that instead of believing that I just know the answers to everything, right? There's a lot of things that I've learned. Um, and part of that, even in relationship with, with people like you, um, I've relied on others that are experts in their field to help me understand what I needed to do to grow both companies and navigate that stuff and and not you know try to beat on my chest and think I needed to be a superhero anymore. It was others are capable. Let's let's pump the brakes a little bit and listen and and utilize information that we're gathering from this process to make the right decisions and make the right pivots. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? I like the game. Right? I to me, I, like money is irrelevant to me. I don't care how much money we make. Yes, everybody wants to be a millionaire and you want to be able to have a lot of things and have cool toys. But for me, part of it is the game. I like, I don't like to lose. So even in a restoration space, right? Like if, if we have an opportunity to try to do a job, I want to win on getting that job. One, I want to help the person. But two, I want to be the one because I want, I don't want to lose. Um so I, the passion comes out in lots of ways, right? I like the opportunity to be able to help people. I, I like the opportunities that Advent affords me because I, I get to like I, I get to help uh, for your listeners that don't know me. Uh, there's a group called the Adaptive Training Foundation that I get to help uh, make sure it operates the way it's supposed to be operating with a good friend of mine who is uh, a retired NFL linebacker. And it's a foundation designed to serve the tra tragically injured. So in a lot of cases, it's amputee uh, veterans. They got blown up in some part of the world by, you know, an IED or something, and they're missing an arm or a leg. And we get to 
serve them and put them through workouts and some mental training to kind of help them cope with where they're at and put them with a tribe of people that uh, afford them a chance to have relationships with other people. If I just had a nine to five job, I don't let it be able to do that, right? I, I, I am afforded the opportunity now to be able to break away and go over to the gym on a Wednesday morning and be with these guys as they're working out for a couple of hours and help them and encourage them and equip them and do the things that are pretty spectacular, right? So being able to do what I want to do when I want to do it and help several others is a great part of what we're doing now. Um, and being able to navigate the game is important to me, like trying to win, trying to figure it out, trying to be helpful. Um, those are the things that are most important to me. Well, we know your time is incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. This has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Clint Janelle of Mr. Restore and Job Docs, Job Dox and the soon to be launched business Aspirin Podcast. We will make sure to keep you posted on that when it launches. Clint, thanks so much for joining us. Seth, thank you for having me. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text pitch to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>